Shomrabyog. Welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Batman Strange Apparitions by Steve Englehart and Len Wein. Collecting Issues 469 to 479 of the 1977 Detective Comics series. Bloody hell, Ben. That's an old one, isn't it? It's so old. That's the highest numbers we've ever had on Collecting Issues. I think so. I think... This is old, Michael. A few months ago, Ben, we did an issue 12 and we nearly shat our britches. But now we're on issue 500 and something, T. <laughs> Benjamin, yeah. you gave me this comic. I did. It's starring a little known kind of uh, a kind of niche hero, not very well known to, to your everyday comic book reader. Why don't you very well, very quickly tell us, very quickly catch us up on who is this Batman fellow that, that this comic book is about? Well, Batman, Michael, was was the the brainchild of Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, despite having an interesting story, you've probably not heard of this kind of origin story before. But basically, there's a young man. Yeah. He comes from a wealthy, affluent background. He goes to a show with his wealthy, rich parents. Zorro, And then they're murdered in a crime, in a cold-blooded crime, Michael. And what happens is he vows vengeance on all criminals from that day forth. So it's pretty interesting, Michael. Not yeah, very yeah. trodden ground, you know. No. Something we probably haven't seen before. I don't think I've ever seen a superhero with a tragic backstory. No, no. So it's it's pretty interesting. There was some mad shit going on in the seventies, Ben, and so much of it like this didn't really ever catch on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame, Michael, because Batman today would probably be quite an interesting character. Hey, it definitely from- wouldn't have overdone him. Probably lots of different angles you could take on him. And then, Ben, what a motley crew of weird one-shot villains like this fellow, the Jocker. The Jocker. <laughs> Who I can only assume is like, uh, was the inspiration for the character Joxer from Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah, also a, a noted influence for James Joyce's Dubliner short story starring Joxer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's this other fellow, the Peng Wang. It's, it's all very uh, interesting. I, f- I feel one of my one of my abiding feelings reading this comic, this little independent comic from the 70s that you gave me, was um, this. I mean, it's such a shame that this didn't stick around. It would have been great, Michael. Would have been ripe, great. Ripe, ripe stuff, Ben. Uh, yeah, of course, Michael, we're being a little bit facetious there. And by a little bit, I mean quite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Batman a satire. Is... We were doing a satire, Ben. Everyone World renowned. Um, and possibly one of the most famous superheroes on the planet. Probably, Ben, in the top two. Probably in the top two. Mm. And uh, this, Michael, I chose this. Well, first of all, because it has a very personal place in my little heart. Ah, uh, tell us. Michael, this is the first comic that I ever read cover to cover from a superhero uh, company. I used to do the Beano and the Dandy for my grandparents on a Sunday. And then one day, my poor, worn down mother took me into Chapters. Do you remember (laughs) Chapters, Michael? Chapters is still there, Ben. You're not that old. But Michael, this wasn't Chapters on Parnell Street. This was Chapters on bloody Middle Abbey Street. Middle Abbey Chapters. I remember it well, Ben. Beside GameStop, I think it was. It was. (laughs) Anyway, my poor mother had had to run some errands. Mm -hmm. And I was being drug along on a summer holiday. She'd had enough on a Saturday afternoon. And I found this comic and I went, oh, this is cool. Can I have this? And she said, right, if I get you this, that'll be the end of it, right? That'll be the end of it. Out of you. And, and then... Went, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Buy me the comic. So I'm sure comic. in no way will this lead to you leading a less than successful life of adult podcasting. 
<laughs> if if anything, Michael, in in our origin movie, this is the beginning of my end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The strange apparition from the title of this is the the apparition that haunts your mother of the day that she set your life down the wrong path. <laughs> yeah, and gave away her son's only chance at success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's good though, isn't so, it? It's a good comic. It's a great comic, Michael, and it started my abiding love of of the Batman. Mm. Um, now, I had seen the Batman animated show by this stage in my young life. Another one. However, however, yeah, I, I remember reading this and going, this isn't this isn't the Joker. This no. isn't the Penguin. This isn't the bloody who's Rupert Thorne. Who's never that? heard of him. Never heard who's of him. that guy. Um, but Mike, little did I know mm-hmm. uh, that this comic had gone on to inspire all of those things about Batman that I really love, including the 1989 Tim Burton film. Very much so, Ben. Have you ever seen a more Joker thing going on than the Joker thing that's going on in the three issues of this thing? It's bloody great, Michael. It's also the first time that he's really psychotic, um, like mentally unhinged. There's that one panel in in that arc, The Laughing Fish, and you see his eyeball. He's peeking through his hand, and the art from Walt Simonson there is very unnerving. It's a very veiny, yellowy eyeball. Is that Walt like, Simonson? Ugh. Huh? Is that Walt Simonson doing art on that episode, that issue? What do, What did I say? That's what you said. Yes, Walt Simonson. No, yes. I'm uh, Ben. I know that often I contradict you and, and point out that you've made an error. That was a, an expression of surprise, not uh, disbelief. Yes, it's Walt Simonson for most of this comic. Oh, he's very famous, isn't he? He's very famous, Michael. Um, and we'll we'll get into that in a few minutes, Michael. But it's the first time I remember seeing the Joker and being repulsed by him, as opposed to kind of anything else he's a very grotesque version of the Joker it's quite interesting he's very Michael. skinny and gangly and gross and a bit manic he, he's like a bit the, mental that, that manic mental quality really comes through in this one so Michael it's 10 issues which is quite a heft for us here on Collecting Issues it is um, and those 10 issues featured kind of throwbacks to Batman's early career uh, Hugo Strange for example and it introduced some long-forgotten characters and kind of re-established them as little icons. Deadshot, Deadshot, Ben. Deadshot's the, the modern interpretation of Deadshot as a kind of never-missing mercenary with a suit and high-tech gadgets. The, the very Deadshot that Will Smith plays, he's basically introduced in this. Yes, that suit, that is the debut of the iconic uh, Deadshot suit. Yeah, yeah, with the gimp mask and everything. The with funny the thing is, Ben, before that, he was just a gentleman who wore a top hat. He was. He was a bit of a Dick Turpin. Yeah, and he shot guns out of people's hands, apparently. Yes, he was an old crack shot. Yeah, yeah. For entertainment mad. and banter. And then, Ben, the, the very notion of how swiftly he's dealt with by Batman, by Batman throwing him into a big typewriter. Yep, he just gets he just gets chucked, <laughs> unceremoniously chucked into a the typewriter. The unceremonious origin of the modern Deadshot is bizarre. <laughs> so, I mean, all of the, one of my favorite things, Michael, is that this series or this this collection really treads a very fine line between camp and edgy. <laughs> it's very fine, isn't it? It's very fine. For yeah. example, the yeah. Deadshot that you just mentioned escapes from prison by stealing the Penguin's laser monocle. Yeah, and blowing a big hole in the, in the side of the wall. <laughs> blowing a big hole in the wall. And he just hops out. But then, Michael, we move from that to what is a genuinely unnerving portrayal of uh, Batman kind of losing his mind going up against the Joker. He's all aggressive and angry and pissed off. and Yeah, and his girlfriend breaks up with him. And his bloody girlfriend breaks up with him. And we oh, actually, that brings us on to some pretty interesting things, Michael. The other thing that comes through in this is bloody exploitation. Uh, 
there's a lot of exploitation, sexploitation, if you will. Do go on. Do go on. Of Silver Saint Cloud in this, she's she's drawn in some scandalous, scandalous ways. There's some maybe, low-lying maybe scandalous for the seventies, Ben. There's maybe an entire maybe scandalous uh, for a, a young twelve-year-old Ben Colopy in nineteen ninety-nine, but. I don't think standards by modern standards. It does explain a lot about your psyche, though, Ben. Does it? Oh yeah. Oh, no. I noticed one of the weirdest oh, no. things I found. One of the weirdest things I found about the character of Silver Sinclair is a she doesn't have any personality other than inexplicably loving Bruce Wayne for no reason and being a, a bit of a sex pot. But she's always smoking a fag. Loves a fag. She's always smoking a fag, and in, like in a modern character, the only people who smoke fags are the edgy and the dangerous. But she's just a normal woman about town who's smoking a fag. A sex pot with a fag in her mouth. Yeah, yeah, non-stop fags. Yeah. So she's she's pretty interesting. She's kind of there for pure exploitation. And she went on to inspire... Sorry. <laughs> Work through it, Ben. Work through she it. Went on, <laughs> she went on to inspire large segments of the Batman movie franchise. She was originally supposed to be in the 1989 Batman she was, she was going to be Silver St. Cloud, but she ended up being renamed as Vicky Vale because Silver St. Cloud had been out of print for so long. Right. Also, it's a bit point. of a dumb name. Yeah, it's also a bit of a strange, aggressive <laughs> 70s kitsch name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit weird. And then she also, that, that whole tell scene is kind of replayed in Batman Forever with Nicole Kidman's Doctor. Dr. You know where Batman slips into her room in the Dr. middle Chase, of the night? Dr. Chase Sexy Lady. <laughs> yeah, Chase Meridian, my God. Dr. Chase, Chase Meridian, Sexy Lady. Don't yeah, act yeah, like yeah. you don't know. Don't act like you don't know. But this is what I mean. There are so many grains within this story that go on to influence the animated series and everything else that you can imagine. Yeah, Ben, did you see Robin? Did you see his ridiculously low-cut top with his nice open chest? But he's also jacked, Michael. He's not a skinny Robin at all. He's What's he doing wearing that outfit? Man. He shouldn't be wearing that outfit. It's very exploitative. He shouldn't. He shouldn't at all, Michael. He Benjamin, I like when they're... Talk I like about the, sexploitation. <laughs> I like when they're in the Batcave and they just have a little wrestle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird. That's like what we do sometimes. We just we're walking, <laughs> yeah, we're walking after an adventure. I can't wrestle. We, we're walking <laughs> somewhere after an adventure, and we just have a little wrestle sometimes. <laughs> it's great. It's just banter between two good chums. Just two good chums, as they said in the seventies. <laughs> so let's get into this a little bit more, Michael. The the rogues gallery is really firmly established here. So you have your classics. You have Joker, Penguin. Yeah, and uh, Doctor Strange, Rupert Thorne. Yeah, Doctor Strange makes a reappearance. The Monster Men make a reappearance. They're very That's big a, men. The, the the big monstery men that go through the serum. They're a huge throwback to really early Batman when he used to shoot people with guns. Oh, before he changed. Because Hugo Strange was one of his original villains, and he has a really interesting Macbeth arc throughout no not Macbeth sorry Hamlet arc throughout this where he becomes a ghost that tortures Rupert Thorne. He's a ghost. It's bizarre. He's a big spooky ghost. He's just zooming in through uh, through car windows and everything. It's mental. It's really strange. And I have to say, Ben, one of the one of the kind of most disappointing things. I haven't read much of Batman, Ben, as you know. I'm not a huge Batman comic book fan. But um, one of the the weird things about reading uh, this type of graphic novel, so so set as it is in the seventies, is. I mean, it is just a, a slice of 10 issues out of continuity. 
So who knows what becomes of ghost Doctor Strange? Who was that sexy lady who came to visit Bruce Wayne in the evening? There's so many left unsolved mysteries, which I assume are solved almost immediately in the next issue. In other arcs, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Hugo Strange came back time and time again. He's he's now a pretty staple villain. In his, he was the major villain in Arkham City, the video game. I know, he's yeah, kind of the orchestrating villain uh, in that, if you're interested in that kind of thing. The, the kitschest kind of most Adam West issue in this is definitely the Penguin arc. Yeah, 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 I like it. It's a little heist and the penguin still uses birds to commit heists and you can spot little clues that he leaves behind through birds and Dick Grayson is trying to put it all together. And he gets One of my favourite lines in that yeah, go on. that really dates it is where Batman is giving advice to the curator of the museum and he says, what do you think of including cameras? And yeah. the curator <laughs> says, cameras? Cameras? <laughs> I don't have the budget for cameras. Let's be realistic, Batman. Cameras. <laughs> it's hilarious. But it's just the strangest thing. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the strangest thing I uh, I like that issue Ben I like the fact that Penguin basically he tells them how to solve the crime and then they solve the crime and he's like what was the point of any of that why did I do any of that what was the yeah, point yeah. it was so pointless but then it veers widely between the camp as you say the Adam West-esque mm-hmm. camp of that but then the Clayface issue and who's this Clayface in any ways this is Clayface number two so there yeah. are, there have been Three major clay faces in the Batman canon. First one was a guy that was called uh, Basil Faulty. something. Brush. No, no, it's 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 a riff on Basil Carlo, but it's not quite Basil Carlo. But he was the original, and he could change his shape for a limited amount of time into humanoid shapes. Mm. So he could disguise himself as other people. Basically, he was an actor. Yes, he was an actor. Then we had this Clayface, who was a big old melty man in a melty suit. Yeah, he's a melty man in a melty suit. He's got a tragic backstory. There's a good amount of Mr. Freeze to him. Yes, there's there's a good stack of Mr. Freeze thrown in there for good measure. He's in a cybernetic exoskeleton. He's got a fishbowl head. He's got a tragic and, backstory. <laughs> exactly. And then the Clayface that everyone is probably a little bit more familiar with is Matt Hagen. And Matt Hagen is uh, the ultimate shape-shifting Clayface. He can change into anything. He's all the big boogly woogly. Yeah, he has the big big boogly wooglies. He he can turn his. Oh, I'm going to turn my hand into a hammer. Oh, Oh, now I'm a truck. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know those kinds of things. I know the one you're talking about. So those are the three. Yeah. Um, are we done talking about campness versus uh, grimness, or do you want to talk? Well, no, it's just interesting that you hit on the last two issues, Michael, which would be the clayface. Those are very dark in comparison to the rest of the issue. Turning people into puddles of gluck. I believe the the technical term, Michael, given by uh, Commissioner Gordon is protoplasm. Yeah, we've all said protoplasm once or twice in our lives. Benjamin, isn't it interesting, though, that the thing I've just forgotten that I wanted to say, it wasn't that potentially quite interesting. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, Yeah, no, I forgot what it was. (laughs) But both of the, this entire collection is is kind of bookended by some horrific moments because Dr. Phosphorus is quite an unnerving villain at the beginning as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone gets radioactivity on them as if that's fine. Yeah, it's Grant. No bother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's great. I'm radioactive, so I'll be able to trace him. What a what a great turn of events! <laughs> what a win! Yeah, uh, I also a... like that a little bit of convalescence in a, an elite kind of <laughs> rehab facility is going to give him the the strength he needs to be Batman again yeah, after yeah, being they're... exposed to radiation. They really didn't understand radiation poisoning in the seventies, did they? No. Also, Michael, does how does phosphorus react underwater? Uh, I think it explodes. 
Yeah, because he puts him underwater at one point. He's like, oh, good, he can't burn anymore now. And I distinctly remember sitting in chemistry class and going, well, that's a very violent reaction there when we put that underwater, isn't it? I think it does explode. I can't remember, Ben. It might be calcium that does that. Um, anyway, anyway. Anyway, look, he's very similar, Dr. Phosphorus, to the opening baddie from the recent uh, Devil or Incredible Hulk run, the Immortal Hulk. Yes. Yes, he, he was, is. He was also a green, glowing, uh, radioactive, radioactive skeleton man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Phosphorus, for any Batman fans, is the leading uh, inspiration behind Blight in the Batman Beyond cartoon. Oh, of course. in the Batman Beyond cartoon, Blight is the original villain that Terry McGinnis has to go up against, and Doctor Phosphorus was the huge inspiration there. So, really, Michael, this comic's bloody contributions to the Batman mythos. Cannot be overstated. Cannot be overstated. Ben, Jokerfish. Jokerfish. A whole thing. I was reading it going, Jokerfish, they're everywhere now. You can't see a Joker without a bloody Jokerfish. A recurring gag. Joker going on television and saying he's going to kill someone. Oh, that's way back in Batman issue number one, Michael. Oh, he loves doing that. He's always doing that. that. He loves a televisual Yeah, he's always always up to that. Now, the only thing I felt was missing, Ben, was Catwoman. Oh, she's there, Michael. Catwoman oh, was that, is there. Was that her? The mysterious lady the who came end, to visit Michael, him. She struts in and she says, can I speak to Bruce Wayne? She's like, no, uh, can I take I a mean, message? She's like, no, uh, I don't think you can. And she struts off. I but you'll notice, it Michael, there's a very sly nod to her in the fact that she's wearing a leopard skin uh, uh, I was Catwoman the whole time, Ben. I knew my Catwoman senses were tingling. That, or friend yeah. of the podcast, OG Glop, Rachel, who also oh, wears yeah. a lot of uh, leopard print she things. Benjamin. Can I just say, Benjamin? Go on. The bloody 70s called, Ben. They they called earlier. And they wanted to speak to this comic book. And they said, uh, I said, well, the comic book's not here. Can I take a message on behalf of the comic book? And the 70s, Ben, they said that they would like their comic book dialogue back. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into some of the more dating things of this comic, Michael. Because, ooh-wee, exposition oh. galore. <laughs> uh, hold on, Ben. Oh, so we're getting something on the telegraph. Hello, it's the 1970s speaking. Don't ask why I'm doing a 1920s voice. Uh, bloody hell, Ben. A lot of people talk to themselves in this comic and just explain what's going on in their heads. Yes, there's a lot of useful thoughts. Silver St. Cloud probably being the most guilty of of that particular trope where she will quite often have a Shakespearean kind of a side to herself where she falls into quiet desperation. She's like, I know he knows. I must love him. <laughs> but Batman's at it the whole time. Batman's lifting up his shirt and going, oh, I got badly burnt there. Luckily, it's radioactive though, so I'm fine. I wonder how Alfred's doing. And then he just goes after Ben, they've taken the, um, they've taken the, the motto, your motto, Ben. My of, motto. Yeah, yeah, the 70s, Ben. They've taken your motto of why show something when you can have a character say it out loud to themselves. Yeah, that's pretty much my entire role on this podcast, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the 70s, Ben. It's really ben. something I try to live by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, one of the more interesting th- things here, Michael, for, from a 70s point of view is it's an awful lot of litigation. In this comic Everyone's always litigating It's really strange The Joker's entire arc Is based on the fact That he wants to copyright His own face Mm. Um, And then The entire opening arc From Rupert Thorne Is that he's trying to sue Batman For bodily Or for uh, Criminals are trying to sue Batman For bodily harm well, they're trying to get rid of him. They're trying to get yeah. Rid they're of trying him. to get rid of him through litigation. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. But also, it, it turns out in the seventies, Ben Batman basically held an official position as some sort of police consultant. 
Yeah, everybody was like, "Oh no, it's Batman. Batman's on the Batman's on the payroll. It's fine. He's on the payroll. He's not paid, obviously, because he's millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne." But um, oh yeah, shit, we weren't supposed to say that in this very press strange. release. There's also uh, there are also a couple of just really casual Cold War references that are so yeah. obviously Cold War. Re- like at one point, Silver and Cloud says, "Mr. Wayne, you're always disappearing off the place. I hope you're not an enemy spy." Just casually, <laughs> and it's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm bloody Batman, I tell you. That's ah, oh, fucking! I revealed it again. <laughs> oh, nuts! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I'd say again. you like. Sil- I'd say you like Silver St. Cloud, Ben. Did you? Uh, Silver Prob- St. Cloud was was. Uh, I'd yes. say she's probably your favorite. Yeah, it's very formative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very formative, see. Michael. You would see. know. You, I would you know. Would I can know. see Ben. I can see Benjamin. Yes. We'll have a little wrestle after we get out of your system. Oh, good, like Benjamin. A of chums. <laughs> what other? Uh, what other seventies <laughs> weird shits going on? Uh, Michael, there's. In general, villainous dialogue. Oh yeah, they're always at it. The plots are very seventies. Go on. You know, it's that burning hatred of oh, I'm gonna get Batman, or oh, I'm gonna wreak my revenge for my tragic backstory. There's there's a lot of that going on. The 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 treatment of female characters pretty bad. Pretty are there female bad. characters in this? I didn't notice any. There's, there's only well character in so much as you can call any of the female characters a character, but yeah, well, the only the other one that we doing, ben. the only one that we really encounter here, Michael, is the other one is Magda. Magda's the the nurse, the sex pot nurse. Yeah, the gypsy nurse, as they say. Oh God! Uh, and Alfred actually says that at one point. He's like, oh, <laughs> she's she's some kind of gypsy woman. <laughs> you're just like <laughs> the Alfred. gypsy woman, Master Wayne. She's coming in and drugging you, but don't worry, she's very attractive. Alfred to the rescue, oh, yeah, and then yeah. there's kind of a she gets turned into a monster, sadly, for being a for being a harpy. Yeah, uh, and then Michael, I suppose the art in general is very seventies. I'm, I'm thinking then. particularly of you know Batman's nightmare panel in that Hugo I Strange run. Love that panel. That's yeah. my favorite panel in the whole thing. So that's very Jim Steranko, Captain America mm. end of things, and it's very very Marvel. Very, very Marvel. Oh. And that's very, very telling because this comic was directly created to try and compete with Marvel. So what Julie Schwartz did, she was the editor on this run. She literally went around trying to poach talent from Marvel. And got her, so she got uh, Walt Simonson and she managed to get Steve Englehart All right. to come over from them. And it actually worked. This is the thing that kind of kept DC's boat afloat. Right. Whatever so your boat has to say. During the 70s where Marvel was dominating the mm. presses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any other 70s things you notice, Michael? Batman has big spiky ears. Big old. Those, that's my favourite Batman. I like tall spiky-eared Batman. He's got very spiky ears. He's wearing a blue cape and a grey suit. Yeah, and very it is Neil Adams. It's, it's not black. It's grey because they call him the grey-clad crusader or something like that. Yeah, that's a classic, Michael. The grey-clad crusader. Yeah. So that's very 70s. One of the things I found very 70s about the whole ensemble, Ben, was the character Batman in it. He isn't what he has become, which is an almost parody of himself. He 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 loves Silver and Cloud. Unabashedly. But, but his other great love, Ben, and then it's revealed to us a splash page, is adventure. Yes, and wrestling with his chum. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were <laughs> going to say Robin, but no, it is adventure. Um, and you would never see a modern comic admitting that Batman loves adventure. He's a swashbuckler in this, Michael. He's a yeah. real swashbuckler. He's lepping about the place. He's getting himself involved in crimes and mysteries. 
He enjoys a scrape. Enjoys yeah. a scrape. Enjoys the challenge of a foe who knows that he's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think the modern Batman could be described as having a love of adventure. Now, Ben, as I said, no great Batman fan am I. You're not. It's true. I don't it's read true. a lot of Batman comics. But I, I think, Michael, that's that's kind of a, a nail on the head analogy for why I love this so much. It's not the parody that Batman has become. He's not the back god in this. No, he's always getting beaten up. He's always he's always getting a rough and toughen. He's always losing the first round. What's he's a rough and toughen? A rough and toughen. It's it's what you and I do after <laughs> podcast sometimes. After podcast, we have um, wrestle. So like two chums. I I think that's kind of why it's so enjoyable to read this Batman. Now I'm putting words in your mouth there, Michael. Maybe you didn't enjoy reading this comic. But I, I certainly. Go on. Shall I take you on my journey, Ben? Go on, take take me on your journey, Michael. So I started reading it, and I got to the first two issues, the Doctor Phosphorus issues. Yes. And I was like, "God damn it, Colopy, you've done it again! You foisted another bit of drivel on me. <laughs> I can't believe I'm being subjected to mid seventies Batman drivel, where people are just walking around explaining out loud to themselves what's going on when I can clearly see what's going on." It's ridiculous. This Dr. Phosphorus guy is pretty interesting looking. He's got big boggly eyes. You know, I like that. But otherwise, this is so... Oh, look, there's a bit of a twist. Oh, the bloody crime gangs are at it. Oh, here comes the Joker now. Jokerfish. There I can't... This is where Jokerfish was introduced. There's (laughs) Penguin. What's Penguin doing? He's flying off on a helicopter. There's Jake... Jake... What's his name? What's Which uh, one? Deadshot's name? Floyd Lawton. Floyd Lawton. Jake. Jake. Floyd Lawton. There's, there's Jake. Jake Lawton. <laughs> so yeah, I went on a real journey, Ben, and I started off the journey going, "This is some bullshit," and then I finished the journey by going, "Right, well, I never need read another Batman comic from the seventies again." That has summed it up nicely. But but you might not have to read another Batman seventies comic. Go on. Ever again. Because that was exactly Steve Englehart's uh, intention. In a series of interviews, he said that what he wanted and his demand before he came over from Marvel was to write the definitive Batman. Right, right, right. And so this becoming the blueprint for Batman from that point on is established early on. It's, It's his intention to make this the Batman that people could base their own versions of things on. Mm. Um, it's very interesting Michael how much influence this character has had but just to come back to that point that I was making before that I think that's why it's so good is because it's Batman before I'm Batman and Christian Bale and big dark brooding Batman and Dark Knight Rises Batman and Dark Knight Returns Frank Miller Batman we've avoided all that yeah he's wearing a blue suit he's wearing a blue suit and I've always enjoyed the blue suit yeah yes Yes. And so he's having a little wrestle with Robin. You'd be having a little wrestle with Robin. Who doesn't they ha- love 16 panels dedicated to a tussle? They they had an adventure. They beat the baddies. They were back in their trophy cave and they had a little scuffle. Yeah, because they're chums. Chums. Two chums. Just two chums having just, a scuffle. Just two chums having fun. Just yeah, two chums fine. having fun. Uh, Michael, what do you, you think of the art? Because I know you like the, the nightmare panel. But what do you think of the rest of it? Overall, Ben, it's like it's your classic 70s comic art, isn't it? It's very... Yeah. Uh, like I'm Ben, no great comics art from the seventies expert am I. <laughs> Go on. But it it's very Walt Simonson. It's very Denny O'Neill. It's very yes. the seventies. Yeah. 
It it's one of the it's it's the defining style of the seventies, I suppose, the Silver Age comics. Yeah, yeah. It's all there. A little bit of colour, a lot more purples than we're used to. Was the seventies the Silver Age? Wasn't it? Was that not the sixties? No. Did, did it extend into the seventies? I think it extends into the seventies. I'll have all to right. double check that. Alright, alright. Well look who's gonna who's gonna come after us? The bloody comics historians organization? Probably. Yeah, we'll beat them. We'll beat them uh, up. Yeah, with we'll a, a with a scuffle. with a little scuffle. We'll have a little scuffle after. Little um, scuffle after. But um, yeah, no, I so, liked the art. I did like the art yeah. uh, initially. Ben, I didn't because I was like, "What's this seventies bullshit that Ben has subjected me to? What's with the big buggly eyed man?" But um, I would like to see. You know, one of one of the comic art Ben has become such such an art form now, and obviously there is a there's an innocence to this art. Yes. There's not the the production value that goes into a modern comic. No. This isn't the type of art, Ben, that takes a team a month to do four pages. No, it isn't. No, no, no. This is one person. Smoking fags, leaning over a, a an easel. Putting out a comic. <laughs> Putting out a comic month after month with Batman with big pointy ears and sexy ladies who all look the same. Oh, yeah. All the sexy ladies look the same, Ben. Now, I know it is a plot point that the sexy lady he meets later does look a bit like his sexy lady girlfriend. Yes, they're very close. Well, that that is a plot point. And then he has to resist. He's like, no. No, I won't get sad. I'm the Batman. I'm the Batman guy. It's fine, though. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Comic book art from the 70s. If you had to pick a favorite issue from the whole 10 issues, Michael, what would you choose? What was my favorite issue from the whole 10 issues, Benjamin? Uh, Which was the good one? I actually like the penguin one. <laughs> that makes sense. That reads. That reads. I like. I liked where Robin thought he was figuring it out, and Batman was like, "Oh, you've nearly got it, chum, but no, you're a dumbass. You've fallen for the penguin's trip tracks and trips." Pretty much the way all our podcast meetings go, where you go, "Oh, Ben, you thought you got it, chum, but you're just yeah, you're, a dumbass." Yeah, let's have a little wrestle. <laughs> uh, mine would have to be uh, the Joker one. I just enjoy that issue. I think it redefines the Joker for me and makes him a big bloody scary menace. Michael, what do you think people should read if they enjoyed this? I don't know. Some Batman? Some more Batman? Some more Batmans. Probably pick up anything by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Yeah, well, that's the defining Batman from around that era, isn't it? Yeah, those, those are the ones you want, Michael. You get some of that. Go watch a bloody 1989 Batman movie. Although... I mean, yeah, the, the, this definitely influenced the 1989 Batman movie. Yes. The Joker's tricks and ploys are very influenced by this. Yes. I mean, they don't have the same tone, the two productions. No, they're a bit darker, I suppose, in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that yeah. movie, Ben, I don't think it's aged terribly well, to be honest. It probably hasn't, Michael, but I'll defend to the death my right to say that it's excellent. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 70s. It's a good 70s comic. Good 70s comic. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. Look at the time. Look at the time, Michael. Look We've at the flew by. a good bit there about Batman, haven't we, Ben? Flew by. We, we had a little chat about Batman. Look, Do you think he'll ladies catch and gentlemen, on? what did you think of this comic book? You can get in touch with us in a number of different places. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to us on bloody Apple Podcasts, you can't yeah. get in touch with us there, but you can give us a lovely review. Hmm. If you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, give us a lovely review. If you or anyone you know is a huge Batman fan or likes to wrestle with their chums, send them Mm -hmm. this directly through Spotify. Go up there, click the little three dots, pull down the share menu, and share it to one of your pals directly. That's the best thing you can do. 
if there's any comics that you'd like to have us ben. review on this podcast, or ben. you'd like to discuss with us, Ben, what? what? Discord. Yeah, there's a Discord. Oh, there's oh, sorry, sorry there's Ben. A Discord. <laughs> so you can go ben. find us on that where you can chat with us directly, and we can have a bit of banter on the banter bus on Discord. No, no, no. If you want to get in touch with us in other ways, we're on Instagram at Shomer Bjog, uh, and you can find us there and let us know what you'd like to hear covered on this podcast. That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Me and Mick are off to have a wrestle, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye. And what are we talking about in two weeks? Oh, in two weeks' time, we're talking about... Oh, no. Which one did we say? Something's killing the children. Is that the one we said? I don't know. I don't remember. That sounds yes. familiar. Boom Studios, something is killing the children. Oh, that sounds is what we'll be talking about in two weeks' time. Just um, in time for two weeks before Halloween. Holla spooked. Uh, yeah, so that'll be good. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Watch out for the Joker. Ha, ha, ha.